Sassafras Root Mayhem. This is the section of Pantalones, and you're listening to WCBN FM Ann Arbor. Let's start what we have come into the room to do. <laughs> right on. Here goes. One, two, three. Hello, Ann Arbor and the world, and welcome to a new decade, a new year, 2011. I'm your host of this show, which is called It's Hot in Here. We give you all the environmental news, uh, thinly veiled commentary, and uh, eclectic <laughs> grooves that you can handle on a Monday lunch hour. I'm Gina Getham, and I'm here with EJ Pockets. Good morning, Gina Getham. It's nice to see you, Miss Pockets. It's nice to see you in this new year. Everything about you looks new. Oh, thanks. <laughs> I can't say uh, I have anything <laughs> new about me right now, but that's okay. It's just your disposition, perhaps. <laughs> Partly cloudy. Uh, anyway. Here we go. Here we go. We're trying to be inspirational. So we today are going to give you highlights um, from our favorite things from 2010, but also what we are hopeful about in the new year. And we'll be doing hopefully 11 of those and some great tunes. We'll also have a call in shortly, we hope, from our political correspondent, uh, Connor. In our nation's capital, right? That's yes, all the way from our nation's capital. All the way. And that's the kind of hard-hitting connections we bring you here on It's Hot in Here. Um, also, best wishes to Rachel Chatterton, a.k.a. Mm. Jean Chair, uh, who was at home sick, which is unfortunate. Yeah. Thank God she has all that soup that she pre-made when she wasn't sick. Exactly. <laughs> we, we saw her this weekend for some New Year celebrations. And they were making healthy soup just in case they should get sick. And we think perhaps they jinx themselves. But that's way too much personal information today. So let's get inspired. Um, the first tune we're going to play is from Spirit. This is uh, their concept album, uh, The Twelve Dreams of Dr. Sardonicus, before people just downloaded key MP3s off of iTunes. Um, but the whole album is great. Dreams, nature, all these things happening. But this is the first track, uh, the prelude called Nothing to Hide. You have the world at your fingertips No one can make it better than you You have the world at your fingertips But see what you've done to the rain and the sun So many changes have all just begun I know you're asleep Wait
All right, this is It's Hot in Here. This is WCBN FM Ann Arbor. And I believe we have Connor Williams on the line. Is that correct? Hi, Hi Connor. How are you? I'm well. How are you? Excellent. Thank you. Happy New Year. Likewise. Yes. Thanks for joining us, Connor. Oh, it's good to be here. Yeah, we, we like having connections to uh, D.C. Out, out there. And uh, Connor won a fabulous... Um, best blogger in the universe or something like that, up-and-coming political pundit from the Washington Post, I believe. Yeah, I'll take that. I'll take either of those. But yeah, I, I won this thing. It was called the uh, the America's Next Top or Next Great uh, Pundit Competition. Excellent. So that Fantastic. landed me a gig writing a weekly column for the Washington Post. How cool. That is mm-hmm. so cool. We dig it. So we want to ask you, what what is the thing you're most hopeful for in terms of this new year? Well, today, uh, you know, I was thinking about this before coming on. It, and today, it's got to be the new EPA rules. Um, they're they're stepping up to, and they've started to to roll out the way they're going to be um, regulating coal pl- plants and other stationary emitters of, of CO2. I think that's that's great news. It's huge news. Uh, and even though I, you know, enough of a beltway cynic, I guess, at this point, to to know that it's going to go through the courts, and and we may well see these uh, you know, torn down before they have any effect, mm. I, I've got to believe we're, we're finally on to something here. Taking steps in the right direction. That's right. I like it. We want to do that. Anything you're, you're second most excited for in the new year? Does second even... most excited for? Yeah. Should... <laughs> <laughs> He's just listing quite a few things. Oh, really? <laughs> But if there's something else that you're excited for or something else that you might be slightly worried about that we should keep our eye out for and, and track. That's a good oh, well, point. I mean, there's, there's plenty to be worried about, right? Yeah. Uh, Thanks uh, for starting on the positive tip. Right. I mean, well, so I, I think that uh, the, the signs out of Fred Upton right now, who I have the shame of, of having to, to admit was my congressman uh, mm. growing up in Kalamazoo, Michigan, for, for basically my whole life. Mm. Uh, the, the, the signs we're hearing from him right now suggest that, you know, whatever the EPA tries to do, uh, we're going to see almost zero legislative action on uh, on energy and climate issues. I, I just think you can pretty much mail in the next two years from Congress. They're not going to get anything done. I add that, uh, yeah, Emily and I, or excuse me, EJ Pockets. <laughs> Uh, we sometimes we adopt new names on the show and it's hard to make them uh, stick. stick. But it's gonna happen. <laughs> so Miss Pockets and I were chatting with an inside source also from DC, uh, and there was uh, mm-hmm. corroboration on that that the, absolutely no energy le- legislation, nothing really to hope for. So that's that's probably why the efforts of the EPA are particularly interesting, though, because that becomes the administrative backdoor way to keep things moving, right? Yeah, I think so. I think yeah. that's right. So so. For I don't know how detailed your understanding of everything that's happening in the EPA is, but I'm curious, so I'm going to ask, and you can defer if this is not your area. But it, are the efforts that they're making specifically around carbon, or is it just a umbrella approach to regulating coal production um, that might have some climate change positive benefits? Well, so far, it's uh, they're they're looking at. Uh, sulfur dioxide, nitrous oxide, and CO2. But, and uh, CO2. Okay. But no, they, it, 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 it's as sort of as broad or as narrow as they're able to sustain in the courts. They, they, it, there was a court case that basically said, oh, yes, the EPA has the regulatory authority to regulate um, climate gases. 
and then uh, that it ought to actually. They, 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 they're under a court order to actually set some standards for this. Mm-hmm. Now, of course, uh, that's that's going to find plenty. There's, there's plenty yet to be challenged there, and it, it could fall apart. But but yeah, it is pretty broad-reaching, and depending on how strict the standards are, you know, it could be a really good start. I mean, here's one. I guess you want to hear one other thing that I am cynical about, though. Is as good of a news as that is, mm-hmm. it's only for stationary uh, polluters. This is only for mm-hmm. you know, for power plants and for for, uh, for for factories. This doesn't do anything about one of the. I mean, really, I think it's the largest actually emitter of of, uh, of greenhouse gases in in the West. This does nothing about transit, nothing about transportation, and nothing about automobiles. Mm-hmm. So we've got. Plenty of way or plenty of turf yet to to cover before we really get meaningful action. Yeah, plenty of work to do though. You know, well, right? That's you know, it's hey. sort of the, the happy warrior mindset, right? Uh, they, <laughs> if there were no problems, then we'd all be out of jobs. Right. Exactly. If we did our jobs well, we would have none. Yeah. So That's actually, right. I'm curious. Um, so we have we have two years that were predicted <laughs> to not have any action. Um, I certainly hope that your punditry isn't dependent on environmental policy because you have this budding career <laughs> and you right. could say this just in nothing's happened yet again. Right. Uh, no, I, look, I, I, I grew up hanging my political hat on, on green issues, but, right. but no, I, I, I learned pretty early on, right. We've been clear on the science for at least 20 or 30 years and nothing's getting done. Yep. Uh, we could be another 20 or 30 years before we make serious, meaningful uh, steps. So, so yeah, it's yeah. not a, it certainly, it, it feels like it should be a growth industry, but it's not. So no, I, I work on education reform quite a bit as well. I, I taught for two years in inner city Brooklyn. And so uh, after that, I decided to get into policy and now to get into advocacy a little bit so that I can uh, I can help make a difference there as well. Fantastic. We like you that. Bet. We like that so much, Connor Williams. Thank you so much for joining us on the show. Hey, my pleasure. Talk to you guys again soon. Thanks All for having right. me. All right. We'll Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Bye now. All right. Second tune of 2011 on It's Hot in Here. This is Canary in a Coal Mine going out to the EPA. Please regulate the... The S out of those carbon, <laughs> carbon dioxide emissions from stationary power plants. Thank you.
All right. What an apropos song. That's such a good one. I'd like to thank um, one of the first ever co-hosts of the show, Hugh Stimson, actually, for turning me on to that song mm. and suggesting it when it's very appropriate. And it was suddenly magically appropriate today. And that leads us to the first thing I'm excited about for the new year and the past year, which is that we have done over 100 shows of It's Hot in Here, Woo! which kind of blows my mind. Um, we've been going since really the the winter spring, the the winter semester of two thousand eight, and um, wow, that's almost three years. Yeah, Gina, were you there at the at the onset, very first show? Very first show, uh, oh, all the way through. The thread. Yes, uh, Sarah Swick, who now works for Michigan Radio, um, was the uh, first co-host, and we hopped on Hugh Stimson's um, Freeform Music show. Actually, mm. the the way the the show got started, we were at a party, and he said, "Hey, gals, you should uh, consider bringing in a show." And join me in the in the in the station or whatever, and well, gosh darn it! The next Monday we joined him, and we had uh, NPR fake names, <laughs> and uh, tunes, and segments, and all kinds of things, and and we just really got started from there. So, how did it come to be called? It's hot in here. Is there a, is there a story baked in? Oh, it's a good question. Well, we knew it would be about the environment, um, and it actually was a period of time where WCBN studios were being renovated, cleaned mm. up, spruced up. So we were in a very tiny place, a uh, tiny room where the whole studio was, was really operating, the station was operating from at the time. And we were thinking, okay, climate change, da da da, da it's going to be hot in that room. It's hot in here. That's the show Perfect. title. And I can say I, I came up with it. Yeah. Way to go, Gina. Don't about that. Don't feel bad about tuning your own horn. Well... Toot, toot, ah, beep, beep. So um, I am very thankful for all of the um, good friends and colleagues that have been able to help sustain the show throughout its almost three years. Um, quick list of names and my most sincere apologies if I've forgotten anybody, but Sarah Swick, Hugh Stimson, Shannon Brines, Owen Johns, Aviva Glazer, Rachel Chatterton, Alex Belhaj, Jeff Tenza, who's engineering today, Woot. Emily Plews, uh, who is now EJ Pockets, joining us today. Mm-hmm. Um, wow, Brian Lipinski, Carrie Dugan, Paul Mansur, Jesse Worker, um, engineers, including Yelchin and Arita, who've joined us variously over the years, um, and over a hundred shows, which means we've had at least over a hundred guests, which also blows my mind. These are impressive stats and impressive people. It's wonderful. And, uh, thank you also to faculty, uh, at the University of Michigan who have been generous. Uh, with their time and their expertise joining us on the show. First ever guest, I believe, was Dean Bavington, one of my closest uh, mentors and advisors who's now in Canada. Uh, But since then, it's just been rolling right along, and I'm so grateful for that. And radio was so important, I think, um, well, to my life, obviously, but also um, something you can turn on and enjoy that's free and lovely. Right. And my grandpa listens to music on the radio all day, every day. He has one radio above his refrigerator for bass and another one on his refrigerator for treble. Um, and he cr- wow. he rocks out. Hardcore, same radio station. Uh, very, you know. Um, Lawrence Welkish. Old man swing, you know. Yeah. He likes it when it gets a little wild <laughs> mm-hmm. and stuff. Mm-hmm. So this next tune uh, goes out to him, Jim Johnson. This is Squirrel Nut Zippers if it's good enough for granddad. <laughs>
WCBN's It's Hot in Here, um, and we're talking about the top 11 things that we're grateful for or looking forward to. In no particular order. In no particular order. We'll, we'll still use numbers for kicks. <laughs> so the number two thing um, that I'm grateful for is I, I am obsessed with checking the pulse of what the environmentalists are thinking about. <laughs> and I found this article um, that really kind of helped me understand what environmentalists are thinking about in a really positive way. The results were, were quite cool. Um, there on the Daily Green, they took a look at how many or or the most visited, 10 most visited stories of 2010. And um, we had some pretty disgusting things happen environmentally, climate change bills failing, oil rigs exploding. But actually what I saw in the top 10 stories were stories about what people can do. So the number one was about fuel-efficient cars and SUVs. We're looking at food labels. We're looking at scandalous food. We're looking at um, tree houses and home improvement tax credits, more on fuel efficiencies and vehicles and more on healthy food. Um, in general, the theme, if you just take a look at these top 10, it seems like environmental readers are looking for steps or things that they can actually do, which is super positive. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm incredibly grateful for despite the fact that there's so many stories that we could get very depressed about, sure. um, people are reading up and trying to figure out, like, what can I do? Um, if this article it stands as, as a pulse or a... A snapshot of what the environmentalist movement is thinking. And that's coming from the Daily Green, is that correct? Indeed. So you can check that out. Yeah. At their website. Indeed. And that kind of brings us into our next song, um, which is Animal by Mike Snow. In this song, there's a lyric that I really love um, where he talks about filling his holes up with money and it not really working out as a way to live his, well, his life. And I kind of think it's similar to environmentalists filling their minds up with depressing stories, not really working out. So we could fill our minds up with uh, more positive, proactive stories. I like it. Dig? Thank, thanks, Miss Pockets. You're welcome.
Hey, that was Mike Snow with Animal. That was number two. Number three, we're going to hear from Jeff Tenza from the engineering booth. Also hey. of Arborama. <laughs> hey, good to be here. And it's out here. We're happy to have thanks, you. Thanks for helping us out with all those fancy buttons you're pushing over there. Those tubes and yeah, wires. Yeah, fill Shannon's shoes. <laughs> They're <laughs> huge, I know. So you're doing an excellent job. Say. All right. Well, uh, you know, I get into the, the local stuff and uh, I'm also a part-time farmer apprentice and uh, I'm just uh, grateful. Last year, I saw a lot of people get interested. Uh, a lot of new faces at the Homegrown Festival. It's just a huge jam, uh, jam-packed. And a lot of new food businesses uh, doing fermented foods. People are experimenting. They're learning about nutrition, how it's good in the gut. And, uh, <laughs> good in the gut. Gosh, I like kitchen. that. Tasty and good for you, hey? Yeah. And uh, in this upcoming uh, spring, we've got uh, the local food summit. They're going to have a big uh, video uh, contest, what excites you about local food. I'm really excited about that because, you know, the multimedia storytelling for food is going to be awesome. So mm. that's that's how I feel we can make a little difference when all the all the big the big uh, nationwide stuff maybe is depressing. Uh, just have some good food together. Well, and it seems that that's, that's really like we're talking about grassroots. I mean, and literally the roots of food in our bodies. And eating. Yeah. And community. It I, starts there, really. Excellent visual, Gina. Thank you. Excellent. Wow. So that's a great thing to be thankful for. So do you have a sense for um, quantifying, I suppose, just how much growth we saw in the last year? Like, are there... Long- Should we also say that Ms. Pockets was formerly a certified public accountant, which is why <laughs> she would like you to, would like you to I'm quantify this. I'm actually just curious. So I, I'm guessing that the, that the lists for getting on CSAs are, are backed up, and the mm-hmm. the competition to get into the Ann Arbor Farmer's Market is pretty steep. Yes. Um, so if you have a sense of that, uh, that would be helpful. At the beginning of last season, uh, one of the farmers said that there were now like 22 different CSAs that Holy people could choose smokes. between. And I'm sure it's just ga- like exploding exponentially. Mm. Winter CSAs, there's mm-hmm. just a million different options for different types of people who want local food and the connection to the farmer. And uh, yeah, Tantre, I was out there for a couple months. Uh, they, they're they a 360 share CSA uh, and they have no trouble... Uh, Finding people, uh, finding people, finding customers, filling up like immediately. Everybody should start looking now. I mean, that's that's when it's easy to get in with these CSAs if you start thinking about it during the the cold months. Oh, got it. Start researching. Cool. For those of us who haven't been as diligent with our canning and uh, preserving foods, we do think about that more often. Myself. Okay. That's beautiful. Local food, exciting in in 2010, even more exciting as we go forward. Get your CSA shares now. Um, also, if anyone knows about a community-supported jerky program, I would very much like to sign up. <laughs> <laughs> so please call our number, <laughs> 734-763-3500, if you know about any jerky uh, available. Could they call in with just anything else that they're excited about? Yeah, I okay. think we're fine with that. That would be great. Yeah, if you would like to say one thing you're excited about and have that be your segment, please do. We're fine with that. The number's 734-763-3500. We love our listeners, y'all included. Okay, well, and this one is going out to all the communities of the world who eat food, which is everyone. This is I'm Beginning to See the Light, Louis Armstrong, uh, at all. <laughs> Thank you. 
birds from moonlit skies. I never went back for fireflies. Now that the stars in your eyes are beginning to see the light. I never went in for afterglow. Can light on the mistletoe. Now that you've turned the lamp down low, I'm beginning to see the light. Yes. Used to ramble to the park, shadow boxing in the dark. Then you came and caused the spark. That's a full on fire now. I never made love on lantern shine. I never saw rainbows in my wine. Now that your lips are burning mine, I begin to do see the light. Yes, I never get much from moonlit skies. Never went back. Fireflies, but now that the stars are in your eyes, I'm beginning. I never went in for afterglow or candlelight on the mistletoe, but not when you turn the lamp down. No, I'm beginning. Used to ramble to park, shadow boxing in the dark. Then you came and caused that spark, the full on fire now. I never made love by lantern shine. I never saw rainbows in my wine. But now that your chops are burning mine, I'm beginning. It's hot in here, and we're doing our 11 favorite things or something of <laughs> 2010 or 2011. What we're hopeful for, what we're grateful for, in no particular order. Next up, uh, Detroit. We're hopeful for Detroit and grateful for Detroit as a, uh, a, a model in, in many ways of, of what is possible yeah, uh, for learning. other cities. So a couple really exciting examples um, that... Fortunately, Rachel Chatterton has found for us sick on her sickbed. Um, but one is from the Detroit blog, which is on uh, Time Magazine, time.com. Um, a couple things that folks are doing within their own communities to help out. So um, this past summer, Mr. Edwards, Eddie Edwards, he's 63 years old, is chopping down tall weeds in empty lots and cleaning the alleyways behind his home and across the street. Mm. He also routinely uh, does street sweeping using just a broom and a dustpan. So small Actions. Small movement. I really like this. Small yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> so there's a lot of, of these lovely things on their blog you can check out at detroit.blogs.time.com. And then um, there's an article on MLive.com. This is dating back from September of 2010, but giving lessons from Detroit for the rest of uh, the country and the world. I'm um, not going to do all of them. I believe there's about 15. Number two, just effing do it on the list. Love it. 
Um, while uh, this guy, Ben Bater, who was a first-year law student at Wayne State University at the time, had big ideas for Detroit, and he says, just effing do it. Uh, one night he was dreaming about his big ideas, and he started a, a website called Texts from Last Night, oh, which I perhaps saw. you've seen. Not exactly the repository for the best... Um, of human nature. Most upstanding <laughs> aspects of human nature. <laughs> But certainly, if you haven't seen it, uh, you may want to check it out in the comfort of your own home. Um, uh, yes. Yeah. N- don't share it with your mom or your grandma. That's the that's the thing. But I like I saw him speak at TED, mm-hmm. uh, TED Detroit, and yes. he was uh, his just do it attitude is actually quite um, inspiring. Like, just give it a try, see what happens. Yeah. Why not? I like if it. If you have an idea, I don't know. There's. Okay. I like it. There's two uh, more here that I'd like to share. One is encourage positive deviance in the workplace. So they ask, how can business leaders encourage creative breakthroughs? They answer by embracing the deviance that push the envelope. Um, According to Jeff DeGraff, who is a dean of innovation at the University of Michigan, innovation is led by positive deviance, he said, and the best time to innovate is in a down market. That is just speaks right to my soul. It does. She was she was raising the, the was raising basement the, roofs the roof. of CBN here, <laughs> making it get a little hotter in here. The last uh, one I'm going to read, uh, Obsess Over Hope Porn, is another one. Uh, there's a, a local filmmaker, and he wants the world to know that there are amazing stories to tell in Detroit that have nothing to do with ruins. He asks... Uh, his, his name is Eric Prolu, perhaps. Uh, mm-hmm. Why don't we look at hope with the same curiosity as a car wreck, train wreck, or ruin porn, he asked. And he continues to seek uh, funding for his documentary that he's he's making called Lemonade Detroit, and hopefully that worked out. That documentary is about people making lemonade out of lemons in Detroit. Very uplifting. Have you seen it? Uh, I saw the preview. He was also at TED Detroit. Oh. And he was fantastic. So he's made this documentary now. Um, Old news. <laughs> I think he's actually in the process, but there's a, pre- you know, he's pretty well yes. into the process. So you can go online and look up Lemonade Detroit and see some of this hope porn. Excellent. I like it very much. So a couple things. Yeah. Obsess over hope porn. Just effing do it and encourage deviance in the workplace. Positive deviance, of course. Deviance. For the full list of, uh, they are pretty creative, including links to the folks they're featuring. Check out mlive.com and TEDx Detroit. Ideas worth spreading. It should uh, come up right there. The next tune we are going to hit up is the Wall Street Shuffle. I believe the band 10CC. This one's going out to my dad. There was a, some issues with Wall Street recently. Um, and we're not hopeful for those, but I do enjoy this song. Here we go.
right, Howard Hughes. Did you like your money? <laughs> Did it work for you? Great lyrics. This is WCBN FM Ann Arbor, Radio Free Ann Arbor, giving you the music in Ann Arbor all the time. At WCBN. Did we mention that? This yes. is in Ann Arbor? Some of us uh, have even called it the, the voice of the uh, underground intellectual movement in Ann Arbor. Oh. <laughs> and they've been around a lot longer than I have, so they have a lot more credibility. Number seven on the arbitrary list of things we're excited about for the future and thankful for for the past. Yeah, I'm going to hop in on this one. Number seven, I am grateful for the folks in California that had a hard-fought campaign, but in the end, they voted overwhelmingly to reject climate change denial, and they um, established climate change law. And kind of in the spirit of our last segment, I think that there's going to be a lot that we can learn from California as they move forward with climate change legislation in place as a state. Um, For all of the folks that say we can't do this or all of these horrible things are going to happen in the wake of climate change legislation, um, we can definitely learn from from California. Excellent. And we should move on to the next song, um, which I guess I'll let Jeff Tenza make up on his own. What would you think if I sang out of tune? Stand up and walk out on me Lend me your ears and I'll sing you a song And I'll try not to sing out of key Oh, I get by with a little help from my friends mm, I get high with a little help from my friends mm, Gonna try with a little help from my friends Lovely tunes. Okay, number six thing we're excited about for the future is that in December, President Obama signed the Telework Enhancement Act into law, which will encourage telecommuting for federal employees through a number of measures. Check this out. Between uh, 20 and 30 million Americans work from home at least one day a week. Mm. Pretty great. Yeah. And this makes a lot of financial sense in many ways. There's a group called the Telework Research Network that estimates that if 40% of the American workforce worked from home half the time, it could save the country's businesses $700 billion annually and result in a 50 million ton reduction in greenhouse gas emissions. And could also mean uh, 1,500 fewer traffic deaths each year. Wow, that's fantastic. Mm. Uh, I feel like the key thing to do is to start trusting your employees in order to reap the benefits that you just talked about. I like it. Trust. 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 
Wonderful. Well, uh, this is, uh, if six were nine, this is Jimi Hendrix here, um, who says, encourages us to wear whatever you want when you're telecommuting at home. But you will be more productive if you're not wearing your pajamas. I'll just let you know that. (laughs) Tested by Jen Johnson. (laughs) I don't even know who that is. Okay. Who is that? Conservative flashing down the street, pointing their plastic finger at me. of things we are excited about. What is that, Miss Pockets? Um, I have to admit that I'm pretty excited about people using the $1,500 home improvement tax credit. Whoa! <clears throat> the, the sexiest of all of our favorite things in this 11. You know, every is. morning I wake up and I'm like, thank you for that tax credit. I am so grateful for that. <laughs> I'm grateful for it. Well, you know what? The good thing is, is that while... Th- the bills don't were even going have a home. higher and higher. You know, people who do own homes are grateful and their lives are made better for it. And they're happier when they serve you coffee, when they, yes, <laughs> et cetera. Yes, yes, yes. It's, oh, we're all connected. Um, so the good thing is that a lot of people were using this home improvement tax credit, um, which means energy efficiency goes up, bills go down. The bad thing is that it is going to run out. However, their credits for solar, wind, and geothermal systems remain until 2016. So as you watch the calendar turn and think about April 15th, um, think about these tax credits that are available to you to upgrade your home and move into renewable energy, lifting us all up higher and higher. That's an excellent transition into our next tune. This is Otis Redding with Higher and Higher. Your love keep lifting me higher than I've ever been lifted before. So keep it up with my desire, honey. I'm gonna be at your side forevermore. 
disappointment was my closest friend. And then it you, you came in the heat and hearted. And you know he never showed his face again. Now you know your love ain't in Dave Puff Marshmallow Man. <laughs> it was cute. So cute, but dangerous. Yet so dangerous. <laughs> yeah. I think we have a surprise call in from Rachel Chatterton, a.k.a. Jean, Jean Chair. That's her new name. Hello, Ms. Rachel. Hi, Tina. Hey. Hi, Miss Pockets. When I heard, got your email this morning, uh, Rachel described herself as having a voice like Bob Dylan with peanut butter, a mouthful of peanut butter, but you actually sound pretty good right now. <laughs> I've, been, I've been warming up. I've been doing my vocal exercises in preparation for this call. Oh, I love so, it. so tell us, what are you grateful for in 2010 and looking forward to in 2011? This is, well, this is a kind of a movement that's been happening that I'm grateful for it's happening and hopeful for its continuation in the future, and that is um, slow money and local investing. Oh. Um, and slow money is... Uh, it's, kind of grew out of the idea of slow food, which I was really excited about Jeff's thing that he was hopeful for. I'm really hopeful about slow food and local food in our area, too. But the slow money um, concept grew out of that, about um, how we need to invest not only our energy in producing a local food system, but we need to invest our money in producing local businesses, because those are the ones that will sustain us. Um, And apparently, according to Michael Schumann, um, a growing body of evidence suggests that every dollar spent at a locally owned business generates two to four times more economic benefit in that area measured in income, wealth, jobs, tax, revenue, um, a number of measures um, compared to a dollar spent at a globally or um, nationally owned businesses because those locally owned businesses tend to invest more of their money um, locally as well, as is logical. Um, I love it. And there's actually a national movement called Slow Money. Um, you can find them online if you Google them. Their website is really long and uncomfortable. So just Google Slow Money. Um, and it's based on principles such as um, there is a, there is a, such a thing that money 
can be too fast, companies can be too big, finance can be too complex. Um, we have to actively work to slow our money down. Um, and this isn't just a abstract thing that I'm excited about. There's actually a couple of examples um, locally in Ann Arbor that are putting this into action. There's, um, of course, my favorite breakfast location, Salma Cafe, which is a project of repastpresentandfuture.org, um, where they have volunteers prepare a breakfast. People pay to eat the breakfast, and then all the money goes into a revolving loan fund that provides startup capital for small-scale local farmers. So that's one example. And there's also another group called Soup Stock, um, and I think there's one in Ann Arbor and there's another in Detroit where um, people get together and they make a big, a couple big batches of soup and people pay a certain amount of money to um, um, to eat the soup. And then while they're eating dinner, artists make proposals about creative projects they want to do. And then after dinner, everyone votes on their favorite project and the winner takes home all the donations. Um, and so uh-huh. it's a, a way to... Um, finance small-scale creative projects that can improve the culture of local places. So those are just a couple of examples um, and uh, that I'm really hopeful for in the coming year, more more organizations uh, adopting this kind of model to invest in local places. Um, Jean Chair, I have a quick question for you. That's Does... not my name, but okay. <laughs> so I'm really curious if they if this movement. I haven't read very much about it, but it's totally exciting. But I'm wondering if they um, what their connection is to credit unions, because I was thinking like the two examples that you just gave are very um, personal, and you mm-hmm. have to go to a particular thing, which I'm not against. But mm-hmm. but I'm wondering, you know, most people manage their money through some kind of bank, but. Is there any connection to the credit union way of doing that? You know, I'm not sure, and okay. I, I, I guess I could guess. It's it's dangerous to guess on the radio, but I would guess that these people are using credit union accounts. Yeah, <laughs> they're money, people but I, know I your actually real don't know about that. It does seem like a logical connection, though. Okay. This is Jean Chair. Something to look into. Maybe that. Yeah, maybe some definitely. listener who's Perhaps, informed will um, call. If anyone is listening out there in Radio Land and knows knows a bit about slow money and slow investing, would like to uh, talk with us on the radio in the future. Hmm, I like it. Very should much. let us know. Fantastic. Thanks for Rachel, calling. Rachel, thank in. you for calling from your sick bed. Um, you've never yeah. made Bob Dylan sound. So You're welcome. Good. Thanks for holding it down there. I hope you have some Bob Dylan to play. I wish I did. Mm, oh, that would have okay. been. Well. Maybe later. We have a contemporary of, of Bob Dylan somewhat. Okay. <laughs> I think Rachel took care of at least uh, two uh, numbers for us, and I'm not sure if we're on five or four, so <laughs> we're just going to keep doing this until <laughs> our hour's up. This is hot here. Right. This is what we're grateful about. This is Stephen Stills and Treetop Flyer reminding us to just take a break sometimes, fly by the trees, and be pretty awesome. <laughs> I could be a rambler from the seven dial Don't pay taxes cause I never file I don't do business that don't make me smile I love my aeroplane cause she got style I'm a treetop flyer
banner cargo that you can pay to run. The Bush League pilots, they just can't get the job done. You've got to fly down into the canyons. You'll never see the sun. There's no such thing as an easy run. Oh, treetop flyer. All right, another thing we're happy for in the future and in the past is information that uh, expands our knowledge of our own intimate lives, actually. The New York Times posted uh, published an article on New Year's Eve, that was December 31st, 2010, saying that the happy marriage is the me marriage. A lot of us think about love and um, about relationships, you know, in the in the coming years. Mm-hmm. Um, and what they're coming out is actually there's sort of this assumption that love and a lasting happy marriage is about a couple sort of fusing together. Um, but for what we're realizing is that uh, for meaningful, satisfying relationships, sustainable marriages, um, that it's actually about finding things um, that satisfy the individual so they can be a happy individual within the couple that is sustainable. Mm. So right? what kinds of things, what kinds of things do they talk about in there? I, I... Yes. Uh, th- so things that make marriage last, they're saying, have a lot to do with communication skills, mental health, social support, levels of stress, these types of things. But those don't, things don't mean that your um, connections will necessarily be happy. So what does make you happy? Yes. Um, self-growth. They talk about learning. <laughs> learning, yes. Which ties in nicely to your, your introduction of this segment about information. Um, so the more information that we can find uh, that helps us grow and become who we really want to be or achieve goals that we value, um, and the more that your partner can help you in that process yes. of becoming the person that you want to be, it seems that the research, as suggested in this article, points that this is an important aspect or factor in your sustainable marriage. So yay, yay love and yay learning. Yeah, and you actually get get gains in your own life, obviously, fr- from, from your couple and self-growth with them. Mm-hmm. They're quoting here, uh, within this, um, you go from being a stranger to including this person in the self, so you suddenly have all of these social roles and identities you didn't have before. Exciting. La, 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 la. Over time, personal gains from lasting relationships are subtle, but having a partner who is funny or creative adds something new to someone who isn't. Uh, a partner who is an active community volunteer creates new social opportunities for spouses who spend long hours at work. So complimentary things, growth, yeah. happy. Hey, did I just hear in there a plug for volunteering? Yes. How amazing for an environmental radio show. If you volunteer, perhaps your marriage will get better. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Um, it's a stretch. Yes. I haven't played any reggae jams this time, but this is uh, off of... Uh, Richie Spice's album in the streets of Africa that came out a couple of years ago, but this is Groovin' My Girl. Just a happy little love tune for the sustainable marriages of the present, past, and future. Sorry, Gina, but that file is protected. Choose another song. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. How about um, Shark? Shark. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> this is uh, going out to Aviva Glazer, our former uh, toxic tangent chemical correspondent. This is Shark. I, I hope that's not protected. Uh, <laughs> 